Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now we're back with more of our look at all of today's matches on Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Hanging out after World Cup action this afternoon with Matt Lowry, Academy Director of Atlanta United. How you doing, Matt? Well, how are you? Doing good. Trying to catch my breath after uh, four crazy quarterfinals in this tournament. Today couldn't live up to what we saw yesterday, but it came pretty close with these two games. It was enjoyable. I think just having a Cinderella story, to call it that, uh, with Morocco just going through, that's that's amazing in any World Cup. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And then obviously the game that just finished two games that or two teams that I think everyone wants to see play each other. So the game didn't disappoint. It was really, really fun. Yeah, the drama in this tournament has just been, you know, completely the spectacle here lately. Let's start with the first game, the Morocco match, because I think it's easy if you look at Morocco and, and you say, you know, oh, they're defensive, they're going to sit back, they, they, they get out on the counter. But they find this really interesting balance of being intense in being defensive and getting numbers behind the ball. It's not passive, just a low block. Yeah, it's hard to do. I think most, you know, soccer players coming up, you know, with the youth and then going into being a pro, you want the ball and you're focused on the ball and you're concentrating on the ball. And to be able to concentrate for 70, 80 minutes without the ball is actually very, very difficult. Um, and, and, you know, they've done an unbelievable job. And when they get it, they're not, you know, they go right away. They attack right away. And they're extremely pragmatic and extremely efficient. So they've been really, really fun to watch. I'm sure it's providing some lessons to some of the kids in the academy when you face teams like that, because, you know, Atlanta United teams always want the ball and you have to, you know, find a way through low blocks. Uh, what do you think Spain and Portugal have really been missing in these two knockout games against Morocco? It's hard to say. I think the beauty of this sport is that when you have a low scoring game, random events really, really start to impact things. So, you know, expected goals. You haven't heard that talked a lot about this World Cup because it hasn't really led to the team that's winning. Sometime a team is getting two chances, two goals, and that's it. Look at what Japan did and, and the group that they got through. So I think that's the beauty of the sport to say that Portugal or Spain could have done something more in one area or next. It's a game of inches. Um, and you saw Bruno Fernandes was an inch away and, and, you know, plenty of other chances kind of just went by a little bit. So it's, it's tough to say what they could have done by more. But I think at the end of the day, that's why we love this sport so much. England, France is the second game from this afternoon. Let's talk about it. I felt like France maybe had their biggest test here in, in the tournament and looked really shaky at times. But when you have a, a killer in the, the box like Olivier Giroud, 
you can find those ways through. Yeah, and it comes back to experience. I think the the best teams that we've seen have a really, really good balance between these young players that can explode on the scene and and also this kind of, you know, maturity to their game as well and this uh, elderly statesmanship where they can just kind of run through and say, it's okay, we're down a goal, this, we've been tied up, it's okay, relax, we've been here before. Um, and France has that. And you saw the same with Croatia. They had that all the way through. Even when they're down, they say, no problem. We've been this, we've done this. Um, and, and they find a way to get the, the, the points and keep going. And then tournament like this, that's everything. It's a credit to those veterans. And it's a credit to the, the character of the individuals, especially with France, because they've lost so many players before this tournament and even during this tournament. And players have had to step up and they've maintained their level to get through a, a really tough opponent in England today. Yeah, I mean, I can speak for hours on France and their player development and what they've done over the past decade. Um, I got to be a part of the French course through the MLS, as well as Steve Cavino, who's in the academy, just wrapped up his course. And what they're doing over there is very intentional, and you're seeing the results. You get five, six big-time names injured, and you're able to still get to semifinals. I don't want to say easily, but they're pretty impressive. So it's unbelievable what that country's done, and there's some pretty really, really intelligent people doing great work over there, and, and you see the results. It feels like they find a, a really interesting combination of developing the soccer IQ alongside the technical skills, obviously, but also very versatile players. I think they lean on their culture, and that's the biggest piece. I remember being over there and, and watching their 14- and 15-year-olds train, and as we were told by the coaches, some of these kids was their first time in a pro environment. They were just playing on the streets and, and in and around those pickup games. And then when they get dropped into that professionalized education environment, they have all the tools. It's just giving them the right direction. And they found that country in particular, I think, has found a beautiful way of, of understanding their culture, understanding their population and getting the most out of that. It's, it's really fun to watch. One team we haven't talked about that's in the semifinals is Argentina. And there's always the connection with Atlanta United and Argentina and now Tiago Almada. What did you make of their, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was a pro wrestling match, a heavyweight fight, a UFC fight with the Netherlands yesterday. It was great. It was so much fun. I mean, I I, I think deep down, I can see the, the 10 over your right shoulder. I'm definitely rooting for Messi. We all know this is kind of going to be his last hurrah. And oh man, the amount of people he's inspired. Uh, you just want the best for him. He's an absolute legend in the game. But Netherlands had a plan. Um, they knew what they were going to do. And when they could kind of butt heads with Argentina and get them emotional, you saw the free kick they gave away in the last bit and then the, the brilliance that came from it. I think that's where Argentina is going to struggle at times is that emotion in the game. Are they going to be able to quiet themselves and, and get through those moments? Um, but what a game. What a match. Yeah, there were so many twists and turns in that. And the craziest thing to me is, is Louis Van Hall and what maybe is his last game as a coach goes back to the old school for their way through. I mean, it's two big number nines and lumping the ball into the 18 and crosses and a very un-Dutch-like way of getting back into that. Yeah, these tournaments are chess matches. I think for these people that think about the game, I mean, Louis van Gaal's forgotten more about the game than I'll ever hope to know. It's just seeing him get to think, but he's there to win. That's it. And if he looks at a certain problem and says, this is solution, that's what we get. And I think that's the beauty of these longer tournaments. It's hard to get through a tournament and play the exact same style 
every single game you have to adapt to the opposition you have to adapt to injuries and the ones that can do that and think ahead they get a lot of success and what Louis van Gaal has done in his entire career has been immense in that way so let's look ahead to the semifinals. Uh, both are, are kind of similar matchups in that, you know, if you're going to look at the early odds, you're looking at an Argentina-France final, but Croatia and Morocco present kind of the same approach in, in different ways. Both are going to be defensive, but Croatia likes to defend with the ball a bit, and Morocco is just going to be tough to break down for the French. Yeah, very much so. I think the Morocco-France games could be really interesting because France is a team that can drop in and counterattack as well. They're really, they can adapt very easily, but Morocco is kind of like, this is, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. We want you to have the ball, and when we get it, we're going to be explosive. France is so athletic in the back. I think Morocco is going to struggle. You also start to see it's a silly red card at the end. Whether it's a second yellow or not, I don't know, but injuries, I don't know if Morocco has the depth. Um, I'm certainly rooting for them though. <laughs> and then the other game, obviously, I just think it's going to be come down to the 90th minute. Who's going to have the emotional control and, and that kind of split second moment to change the game. But I mean, the, the four teams that are in it, it's really, really fun. Yeah. all have goalkeepers. I, I think who have stepped up, you know, we hadn't seen yeah. Hugo Lloris really as involved until today where he had to make a few just massive saves. Bono from Morocco, obviously has been under it the whole time. Emiliano Martinez, you know, maybe in the run of plays a little shaky, but in penalties, he turns into Superman and Livakovic might be the, the best goalkeeper in the tournament. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. I got to say that the six foot eight Dutch uh, goalkeeper was kind of my my heart favorite, just as tall as he was. <laughs> but the four that are in it in the feet, you know, what it, what some of them are able to do with their feet and build out of the back as well has been really, really impressive. You, you watch Morocco in early days. He's flicking the ball over over the nine's head to continue to keep the ball and build. So on both sides, the goalkeeping's been fun, but it's going to be great. What a World Cup. Is there any kind of a, a trend that you have seen in this tournament, you know, looking at it as a coach, that is something that maybe we'll see more of in this next cycle? You know, so many things get started at World Cups, and then you see a lot of coaches and teams try to emulate it. Is there anything that you've noticed through the tournament so far? Yeah, I always, you always go back to World Cups and think about tactical trends. You know, transition became massive after 2010 and 2014. And then 2018 was like, okay, set pieces. Everyone make sure you have 16 different set pieces. Um, but at this World Cup, obviously, we can talk about the timing of it. And maybe players had less time together moving into it. But the trend is there is no trend. It just seems like anyone can win. And I think that's been an amazing thing for the sport. You see Morocco get through the first African country in the final four. Um, so I think the pattern is the, the, the level of player is getting so high that almost any nation with the right tactical adaptability, with the right kind of meshing and with the right attitude can go places. Um, and that's, as a soccer fan, that's the most exciting thing. Yeah, it's it's fascinating you say it that way because I feel like if there's anything that maybe we've learned in this tournament is that player development at the young ages has improved so much worldwide. And, you know, maybe some teams don't have as many talented players as some of the heavyweights, but they have enough to compete. And you're seeing some smaller nations in, in the world's game be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the, the powerhouses that we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. The superstars are there. They're fun to watch, but the moments that they can really impact a game and take over are just minute. You see Lionel Messi getting followed around by two, three guys every time he gets the ball. And 
those two, three guys are now talented enough to work together and deal with them as talented as, as Lionel Messi is. So it's interesting. Um, they still have their moments. You see Mbappe, you, you lose sight of him for a second. He's going to change the game. But the level has definitely increased, um, and it just makes it anyone's game. I'm sure that's something that as an academy director with a professional club, you know, you're looking at your guys had a big test against Aberdeen and it was mostly academy players from Atlanta United who faced a, a mix of first and maybe second team players for Aberdeen and the kids really held up well. You know, what was your what were your takeaways from that? Yeah, I mean, what a what a great opportunity a to, to be able to mix with Aberdeen in that way. We have a great relationship with that club. I was texting Gavin Levy, who's the academy director there, the whole time. You know, we're talking about our kids, and he's saying, "Oh, how's how's my little boy doing there?" He had a 17, 16 year old in the mix. Yeah. So, it, first of all, what a great you know moment to be able to play someone different, and and what a great relationship we have with those guys. But the fact that we can throw some youth at the end and say, "Okay, this is kind of the end of the season. We're going to get this month off for Christmas and, and the winter break." What do we got? How are you know? How are they stacked against some really top individuals? And and we were happy. We were really really proud. And I think the kids were really proud coming out of it. Lost one nil from an unbelievable Aberdeen goal on a, on a corner kick, but I think we can hold our heads high and 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 say that we gave it everything. So really proud of the group that that went out there. Yeah, the level has just really really impressed me. The kids coming through. A lot of them went on and, and played in the MLS Next Fest out in California. How did that go for the teams that made the trip? Great. It's a, it's a great time of the year. Um, obviously, this is kind of the, the preparatory event to GA Cup in April where we get a ton of international competition um, where our 15s really pushed the envelope last year to beat Porto and, and Tigres and Monterey Rayados. But not as many international groups in this event. It's more of MLS against MLS, and it was a lot of fun. So 17s played LAFC Sporting Kansas City and Strikers Irvine, which was a non-MLS club that kind of won into the event. Really, really talented group. Um, and then 15s at Austin FC, RSL, and Seattle Sounders. So not as worried about results at this time, but really interested in performances and especially individual performances. Because as we go into first team preseason, second team preseason in January, which academy kid gets kind of make the cut and, and, and push himself in front of Gonzalo Pineda for those, those first couple of weeks. So Really, really fun tournament. And one more opportunity. It might be the last game for any of the academy teams in 2022. The U19s in the UPSL Georgia final on Wednesday at Silverbacks Park. How's that group come along this season? They're great. You're, we've kind of squished them a little bit. So we sent them up to Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend for a college showcase. Anyone involved in youth soccer knows that that Raleigh showcase is one of the biggest on the East Coast. And this is a group that we really want to make sure they're getting seen by college coaches as well. That's, that's, that's a part of the player pathway that we believe in um, and, and getting our kids into these top colleges is big for us. So UPSL finals could be fun. Um, we're, we've sent a big group up there to Raleigh. So we're able to kind of move some players around and give some guys some rest um, because we have a top group with our 19s. Our 05 generation has always been strong and it's fun to see them on, on their way to graduation. I'm glad you mentioned the college too. And I wanted to end with seeing so many freshmen and underclassmen but also some of the seniors who all came from the atlanta united academy how much are you able to to keep up with all of the guys as they go on and play in college and so many had big years this season i have best intentions uh as busy as we are i think it's it's difficult um will riley who's who's one of our kids who's at stanford now 
have been playing foo and tag i think for about a month um the three hour difference doesn't help but no i try to stay in touch with those guys as much as i can um we coached a lot of them as they came through and we continue to watch them a to see how they're doing to possibly come into atlanta united first team um and b just because we care about their development we care that they continue to, to push the envelope wherever they go um but we have a really really good crop that's coming out and then with kind of that COVID year, some some guys that are going to stick around one or two more years to, to continue to develop at these universities, which is a huge piece of the puzzle for us, too. Um, but, yeah, we're excited about the future. Yeah, I think that gets lost in the shuffle in guys who go on to college but stay connected to the club. And we've seen guys come into the second team. We've seen guys come into the first team and, and earn their way through after spending some time in college. Sometimes that's just the route for that player. Yeah, absolutely. Different pathways. I mean, you see it with Harry Kane. I think he was 22 and he finally touched foot in an EPL game. And now he's being man marked by every guy on France. So it's it's different pathways. But if you're driven enough, you can make it. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to get there now, which is a beauty of the game. Matt, it's always fun to, to catch up. Thank you so much for the time. Happy holidays to you and the family. And we'll see you when a preseason gets started here in January. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. And looking forward to it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 